Our topic for discussion today is all about controversy and Christianity. Many earnest Christians are very much opposed to religious controversy. To them, disagreement, debate and division over religious issues is quite deplorable and, in their judgment, contrary to the Spirit of Christ and detrimental to His cause. Hence, these people tend to avoid discussions, meetings, literature or issues which would bring into focus matters likely to cause controversy. A plea is made for a spirit of tolerance. Someone has put his finger on the error often presented in this program when he said, There are many pleas made these days for tolerance. But often tolerance is not the right word for what is demanded. What is meant is compromise. Tolerance and compromise are not the same thing. This is tolerance, to grant to another the same rights which I claim for myself. And this is compromise, to sacrifice heartfelt convictions in order that someone else may be pleased or in order to avoid a breach of peace. But to compromise with wrong in the name of tolerance is to dishonor God and His Word. Or what do you think? Brumpant investigates. We invited Philip Rosenthal from the Western Cape, who is at the head of Christian News Network, and also Pastor Neville Norden, the spiritual head of Levende Woord here in Gauteng. Gentlemen, a good day to you and welcome. Well, we have on the line all the way from the Western Cape in Cape Town, Philip Rosenthal. Philip, good day to you. Just for the sake of our listeners, won't you kindly introduce yourself, please? Hi there, I'm Philip Rosenthal from Christian View Network, which is a lobby group that uh, tries to influence government and business in favor of Christian values. We've also got well-known speaker here on Radio Pulpit, Pastor Neville Norden. Neville, won't you just kindly introduce yourself? I'm from Pretoria, Neville Norden, from Living Word. And uh, we have different churches in the country. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time out to, to share your views with us in this program. Can I start with you, Philip? Are Christians allowed to be controversial? Well, I think definitely we've got the example of uh, both Jesus and the Apostle Paul were extremely controversial in their time, and uh, I think that much of the New Testament is a response to uh, various different controversies. Neville, what would you say, because people feel that uh, the the plea is made for for tolerance, rather, we're not doing right to the work of Christ, it's detrimental to his cause, what would you say? We have to hear what Jesus says in Matthew 5, he says in 43, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies. So the, the controversy is in that Jesus comes and changes the thinking of the people or the thinking of people linking it to the Old Testament. And he says, to love your neighbor but hate your enemy, I tell you, love your enemy. That is controversial. Philip, doesn't that sometimes come at a cost? What is the extent and at what cost are we allowed to be controversial? Well, I think there's two different ways in which one could answer that question. The one level is that really... Uh, the cost that we must be prepared to pay uh, for being controversial is our lives. Uh, that is what Jesus has said, is the cost of discipleship, to follow his example and to to be prepared to die for that. Um, but strategically, not every issue and not every debate 
uh, is the right time to die. I think that one has to use wisdom, as Jesus himself says, and uh, there are instances where one it might be wiser to uh, hold off a discussion or cool it down and discuss it another time in another context, but certainly we, we have to be prepared to pay that cost if necessary. Neville, is tactfulness, Philip has just touched on it, uh, is tactfulness a consideration when it comes to controversy? The concept is, do I love the person? I can hate the sin, and when I say sin, sin, the Greek word homotea, is to miss the mark. And the only mark we have is the standard that the Lord Jesus sets and the Word of God sets. So um, when he says in, in John 8, verse 31, he's speaking to the Jews, and he says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if that is done in a loving way, but I cannot compromise the truth because it's not my truth, I'm a preacher of his truth, And but it must be done in sacrificial love, the concept of agape love, which is the laying down of your life. Philip, when we started this program, you mentioned a Paul, and you certainly mentioned a Christ, touched on one or two things. But was the Lord Jesus Christ really controversial when he was here on earth? I think that if he hadn't been controversial, one has to ask the question, well, why did they crucify him if he was such a nice guy? Likewise with John the Baptist, you know, why was he beheaded? And I think that both of them died because... Uh, they were specifically attacking uh, the sin of their times. John the Baptist was attacking the sin of Herod uh, in uh, his dealings with his, his family and uh, his other wicked things that he's done. And Jesus attacked the sins of the religious leaders of his time. Those were both extremely offensive things to do. A call is made for a, a plea, a spirit of a tolerance. What would the difference be then between tolerance and compromise, Neville? It's difficult to say tolerance and compromise. I like the word patience. God is patient with me. And when he's patient with me, um, I take funerals. And I think of a person I had buried a while ago, his family and his mother of 82, praying for him for years. So she was tolerant with him. And then on the day I buried him, they got the date of his rebirth which was six months before they buried him, which is in I mean, six, six weeks. So we're tolerant in that God's tolerant with us, but we don't compromise in the tolerance. Philip, what would you say, the difference between tolerance and a compromise, and what does the Bible say about that? Well, I think that that is a, an important distinction that you, you pointed out, but I think there's another distinction which uh, Christians need to be aware of, and that is that, the politically correct group is changing the meaning of the word tolerance. What the word tolerance used to mean is that we respect the right of the other person to express their viewpoint, but we would strongly disagree with that viewpoint and we would argue against it. Now, what the new definition that the politically correct uh, people are trying to get us to accept with the word tolerance is that we not only give, uh, allow those other people a chance to express their viewpoint, but that we affirm their lifestyle as something good and that we say nothing against it. 
Uh, now, that is a, a, an idea of tolerance that is, is not found in the Bible and which is not compatible with our faith. And so we have to stand against that and we say, yes, we, we accept the old definition of tolerance, uh, that we we allow these other people uh, the same rights that we, we give ourselves. But this new definition of tolerance, uh, which is that we must affirm these people and say nothing against them, uh, then uh, that is not a Christian idea of tolerance. And I think that that moves into the area then of, toler- of compromise, uh, where one starts to sacrifice uh, your own rights to speak up and uh, your own beliefs in order to uh, to be accepted as politically correct. And what does the Bible say about tolerance and compromise? Well, I think that as as we said previously, that there we do need to respect other people uh, in both in their dignity and their rights, but uh, we do not uh, become silent on on matters of faith, and we also. Uh, do not uh, affirm things that we uh, are are opposed to. Neville, Philip touched on political correctness. What about modern-day political correctness and uh, Christianity? When the political standpoint is against the principle of the kingdom of God, I've got to honor the government in the stand that they make, but that doesn't mean I will compromise on my belief. Um, For instance, at schools, you're not allowed to preach Christ, which uh, with a person who's paid by the government. But we're putting in spiritual workers in the school, and the child has the choice to choose, regardless of the stand the government had on religion. The Muslim has the right to pray to Allah five times a day. So me as a Christian, I've got the right to serve the Lord. If it offends the people around me, then they have to do away with all the other religions offending people around them. My lifestyle will, if I serve the Lord, my lifestyle will offend. The Zulus have a beautiful saying. They say, sir, your life speaks so hard, I can't hear what you're saying. If my life speaks of what I believe and it's not in line with what the government says, it doesn't mean that... I reject the authority of the government. I just, in my private right, have a right to believe what I have chosen to believe. Philip, there are issues that should be avoided, some say. Uh, Do you agree with that, that Christians should rather steer clear of certain issues, avoid them? If so, why would you say so? Uh, I don't think that one can make a rule to say that one should uh, avoid uh, certain issues and particularly not to avoid issues where uh, the fundamental beliefs of our faith are being attacked in our generation because they are controversial. I would rather say that the the scripture tends to say that we should try and avoid arguing with people about trivia. You know, you've only got so many vouchers to disagree with people, uh, and so we should try and avoid uh, becoming what the... um, what Titus uh, 3.10 talks about as a divisive person or what, you know, what 1 Timothy 2, or sorry, 2 Timothy 2 talks about quarreling. Uh, we want to avoid things that are, unim- arguing about things that are unimportant, focus on the things that are important and do so in a, a loving way. Is it possible to win people over through controversy, Neville? If my, the way in which I speak to a person is a loving way, I can just use an example we out on the streets witnessing, I asked a man if I could pray for him. He says, I'm an atheist. 
I said, would you allow me to pray for you? And I laid hands on him and began to just declare God's love for him. Three or four weeks later, I get to a church, and here he is. He says, nobody whom I've tried to chase away has ever been so nice with me and so loving. And it touched my heart, because the Word of God is spirit and it's life. So I always trust in the Word of God that is spirit and life. And for me to give voice to it in a loving way, because Philippians 4, 5 says, let your friendliness be known to all men, the Lord is near. So in the controversy, um, I reached this man, his life turned around. Philip, do you agree with that? Is it possible to win a people over to Christianity with controversy? Yes, I, I think so. The, uh, but there's a, there's a balance here. Um, and I would also point out the many instances in the New Testament where there was a, a dispute which uh, even reached a, a legal uh, conflict where they had to be brought before authorities. And it brings in a whole lot of bystanders who otherwise would never have been interested in listening to the gospel, but all of a sudden now are uh, wanting to listen in because it is now a topic of public controversy, whereas otherwise they wouldn't have had an interest in the Bible. So it has that uh, that side effect, not just with the people that we are debating with, but much more so uh, the thousands of other people that listen in. And so I think it's a great opportunity in, in that respect. Gentlemen, we've basically come to the end of this program. Your final thoughts on controversy and Christianity, Neville? To me, the bottom line is... Uh, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment in Galatians 5.14, to love my neighbor as I love myself, and to love my neighbor until the end, and have a hope of reaching my neighbor through loving them, or let God love them through me, as it were. Yeah, I'd also add uh, the, um, the wisdom of 1 Peter 3, where it says we must always be prepared to give an answer, but we must do so with gentleness and respect. So, And very often the other side is not respectful or gentle with us, but, and so we have to uh, really have um, some extra uh, padding to uh, try and absorb that, uh, those emotions and express our views, but also do so gently. With that, our sincere thanks to our respondents this morning, Philip Rosenthal, all the way from the Western Cape, and also Pastor Neville Norden for their inputs into this program. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Now, please note that the opinions in this program is not necessary, that of Radio Pulpit or the announcer on duty, but for you, our listener, to make an informed decision. Till we meet again, keep well, God bless, and shalom.